Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. I'm a creep. I'm, I'm a, a weirdo. What the what hell am I doing here? I don't belong here. <laughs> yeah, I went with I went with creep weirdo because of our theme introversion extroversion. I like it. I like and, it. Uh, I don't belong here. Yeah, I don't belong here. So I felt like it was more the introverted yeah. side of things. I dig that. A little introversion extroversion theme today. So hey guys, welcome to our podcast. It's Shit Your Shrink Thinks again. And our theme today is introversion extroversion that we're going to be talking about. As a reminder for everybody, please do subscribe if you're liking what we're doing please. because it helps with our download rate. And if you follow us or like us or rate us and give us some reviews that all helps yes we've got a patreon www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink thinks and a gmail shit your shrink thinks at gmail.com as well as an instagram so boom welcome aboard we're gonna be talking about introversion extroversion yeah and as you guys might remember we're still learning about each other on here so we like to talk about what's good Or tell a story kind of about that the co-host might not know. So, Sunny, what do you got for me today? All right. This week, I went with patient-isms. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, for some reason, my patients were so funny this week. And I I think they all get tickled pink when they make their therapist laugh. I don't (laughs) know what it is. It's like an extra cookie or something. And so, I I literally started writing down just a couple of the funny jokes that they said to me. And because they're... They're so clever and little angels of light. So the first one I had here was a patient this week said to me, if I didn't have auto pay, I'm 99% sure I would have been arrested by now. Who can even remember to pay electricity? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, this is a person who may or may not have ADD. So (laughs) (laughs) He was straight like I'd be in prison without auto pay. That's so funny. For a lot of people, they have got so dependent on it that they have no idea. It is kind of crazy sometimes. I I still paper paper like I mail checks, guys. I'm that granny <laughs> that I re- I require them to send me something in the mail, and then I will send them a check <laughs> for the amount that I want oh, to send them. Granny life. I will tell you, I'm actually even a little skeptical of auto pay, and it's because of an experience I once had. I was living in a house. I didn't realize the hose on the house was busted. The on off switch of the hose. Yeah. And so it was was running for like three months. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so the bill was about 500 bucks. And because I wasn't on auto pay, they didn't deduct it. And Mm. I could contest the bill. But if I had already paid the $500, it would have been much harder to get it back. And so now I'm kind of weird about auto pay. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Do what works for you, man. I mean, (laughs) it's very helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, Yeah, who would be imprisoned without it? (laughs) The other one that I had was 
a patient of mine was talking about how they had so many obligations and so many duties. They're a person who's in school. They're a person who has kids. They're a person who has a spouse. And I joked that with all of their jobs and responsibilities that they needed a time turner like Hermione Granger. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in, in Hogwarts. And this person says to me, well, my owl from Hogwarts must have been lost. Either that or there's supply chain issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, relevant. Yeah, yeah, and I thought, I was like, you guys are so funny. That is funny. Week. Yeah. So those are my what's good. I just enjoy hearing what these people are saying to me and i really enjoy just taking the humor out of it yes yeah it makes me happy so what's your what's good this week i've i've got a couple of things so first i just wanted to reflect back on our violence episodes Mm -hmm. and i realized that i didn't say one of the most like kind of impactful sayings that a lot of people who do struggle with aggression and violence really like Mm -hmm. and that is hurt people hurt people (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those who are hurt tend to hurt others so yeah there are just some plain evil people out there like we kind of talked about but a sure. good majority are just unhealed and projecting their pain and trauma onto others and so i just yeah. wanted to put that little statement in there little nugget yeah but i do have one other little story about mistake reading maybe or just just a disaster <laughs> <laughs> oh oh So I've expressed to you, I think, that I'm a pretty good baker, right? Yes, you have. Yeah. So everybody has some bad baking experiences or cooking experiences, right? We all all start somewhere. (laughs) Uh, And so, all right, all right. I was in high school and I was needing to make cupcakes for homecoming week festivities. Mm -hmm. It was like a class competition and we all had to bring a certain number of cupcakes and put like poker chips in them. And then like the classes would buy the poker chips and you could, you know, you put them in your class and whatever. So I had to make these cupcakes and I was home alone baking. I'd baked cookies and coffee cakes and all sorts of stuff, but cupcakes weren't necessarily something I did a lot, but I don't know why I struggled so much to read these instructions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I used vinegar instead of vegetable oil. Hell yeah. Mm, yeah. Nailed it. Oh, God. I made like twice the amount. They didn't raise. And of course, they tasted freaking awful. <laughs> but I had to use them because I had to bring them to school like the next day. Oh, you fed people. I fed people those cupcakes. <laughs> I love that the option in your mind was not throw it out and arrive without cupcakes. It was feed people vinegar cupcakes. <laughs> That's what you went with. That's awesome. I mean, they weren't going to kill you, but they did taste really terrible. But I I tried to cover, because it didn't raise right, you could see the poker chips in them really well. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to like cover it with the frosting as best I could, but you could still kind of tell which ones had poker chips. Mm -hmm. And so people were actually really actively buying these cupcakes because you could tell this one had the poker chip. Uh Uh-huh. And then like the instant everyone realized that, oh, these cupcakes are all terrible, like a, they would just throw them away. Like, they'd pull out the poker chip and throw away. But the first few, like, we're taking a bite and would, like, spit it out in the trash. <laughs> it was so terrible and embarrassing. <laughs> did you pretend you didn't know? You're- I did. <laughs> I played ignorant about it. <laughs> How is that the option? Oh, my God. You're the person who gets put in prison because you have this lie that becomes greater and greater and greater over time. Oh, my god! I mean, I do think that eventually I owned up to those being my cupcakes, but. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You didn't even you didn't even tell people that they were yours. No, uh-huh. I just like mixed them amongst the other cupcakes that everybody else had brought. You are a psycho. <laughs> You're a psychopath. I love it. I needed the cupcakes. I thought 
had to bring them. I wasn't like I had all these poker chips to hide into things. I didn't have time to make more, and I didn't taste them the night before. Like yeah. I didn't honestly realize my mistake. I yeah. actually honestly initially was like, "Oh wow, like I made twice the month. These didn't raise very well. That's weird." But I didn't oh. like taste them. Oh, so you until didn't like know the before. next. I, yeah, and then I finally realized what I did. Like, mom was like, "Why is the vinegar sitting out?" And I was like, "I made cupcakes." And she's like, "Why the fuck would you put vinegar in cupcakes?" And I was like, "Wait a second, didn't the recipe say that?" And then I went back and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, and I can't blame this on the dyslexia. That was just plain, you know, <laughs> like not paying attention, like awesome. just seeing a V and pulling vinegar. I guess I don't know. Awesome. I would blame everything on the dyslexia. I would just say anytime I did some crazy stuff like that, I would. That's it. Sorry, sorry. I'm just like yeah, misread it. Yeah. Can't. Be, <laughs> you're just. I mean, a, I did misread it, but I, 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 yeah. I, I feel like it would get, it would get really turned, and I would be a butthead to somebody. I'd be like, oh, sorry, dyslexic. It would just, <laughs> I would just expand it and expand it. That's awesome. I, I had thought you knew that it was vinegar cupcakes before, and you set them out like a sociopath anyway, <laughs> and mixed them in the group. I knew that there was something wrong. Like they didn't raise right, and I couldn't hide the chips. Like sure. Like I knew that they're like I'm like this is weird, but I didn't, didn't know. know why. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw people hated them, and I was like, ooh, my like they're not good. You know, like <laughs> I don't want to own up to the fact that I failed as a baker when I can like these people like would request me to bring coffee cake in like for different like. <laughs> FS things. Oh my gosh. I can't own that these are mine. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's great. I love that. I really like that. So, okay. What did you do for outside of podcast experiment this week? How'd it go? So, mine was to journal before bed, especially on those days that I go into the office. I did do it once. Okay. But my sleep was kind of a wash due to animal interference. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll get you. Yeah. Get ya. Yeah. And then I was going to do it last night. But by the time I finally got to bed, I just didn't have the energy even to... Mm-hmm. But you fell asleep, so... I did fall asleep, yeah, because I, I had a lot of shit pop off yesterday, people, um, and a lot of deadlines to meet. So I was awake for 21 hours yesterday, functioning on four hours of sleep. Let's just say there was a point in time where I was wondering if I was going to go pick Michaela up from an undisclosed location in a comfy. Like <laughs> I, I was wearing a comfy. I was like, oh, am I going to go leave my Do house Do I need to, to go, go save her from this? <laughs> that, was, that was where we were at yesterday is what what's gonna happen is Sunny gonna show up somewhere in a comfy <laughs> so yeah that was I mean hey valid excuse did the day that you journaled did it help do anything honestly not really because it wasn't it was another really busy long stressful day and so I was so tired I, I forced myself to journal and I didn't feel it didn't feel as cathartic as I needed it to feel so I don't know if maybe that's just not the time for me to do it or maybe I need to find a different yeah thing yeah but I, it didn't it didn't quite flow right or feel right like I didn't feel like that helped me shut down my brain it was just like no you're just really fucking tired and you need to go to sleep or you're not going to have any sleep because yeah. I already knew I was <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I, I wonder too about anytime I miss a homework a couple weeks in a row it's just usually not the right time to start that thing and I need to mm. just pick a different thing so Fair. yeah that could be that's always possible too how did your homework go I did okay um mine was more about keeping up with self-care and decompressing from patients because I've got a lot of really, really, really intense stuff going on in my caseload right now. Mm -hmm. And I actually found that, so I have a side hustle, which is this, Mm -hmm. and then I have a side side hustle, which is another kind of business thing I'm starting to work on. And working on my side hustle and my side side hustle (laughs) actually helps me a little bit. It makes me feel productive and that I'm channeling my energy into something else. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, I don't, I have to balance restful 
self-compassion and self-care with achievement oriented self-compassion and self-care Yeah, because you do lean on the achievement side yes yeah yeah. but i would say that this one actually did feel restful to me because i need to feel like i'm using my brain in a way that isn't just er triage mode (laughs) yeah i'm always just patching up bullet holes all day right and sometimes as a surgeon you want to I don't know, pop a boil once in a while. (laughs) Or you want to, you just want to do something different and get a little bit of variety. So I feel like doing the side hustles has been really important to just help me decompress, actually. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it makes me remember why I joined the field. And honestly, doing Mm. this podcast has really helped me remember why I joined the field because I get to use finesse a little bit more (laughs) instead of just chopping off legs all day long. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, instead of being in like, crisis all day yes mode yeah crisis mode is is just very different as a therapist than some of the more subtle things when people are doing well Mm -hmm. and we're all in a pandemic so ain't nobody doing well yeah yeah (laughs) everybody's on fire all all the time (laughs) all humans on fire to some degree yes so i just needed to do something related that was pleasant and finessing right and that was good it helped me it helped my mood a lot actually nice So this week, we're going to talk about the introversion and extroversion. We're going to go through the history of the terms, kind of who invented it and when, and the meaning of the terms first. Yeah. So introversion and extroversion were terms that were first invented, I guess you would say, in about 1922 by Carl Jung. Mm -hmm. Carl Jung is a well-known psychologist who was a psychoanalyst, which means that he kind of believed that the unconscious mind impacts what we do in our conscious waking life. Mm Mm-hmm. He did a lot of actual, I mean, if you go look up Carl Jung, you'll find so many psycho, like theories that we still use today. Yeah, he was the guy who came up with archetypes mm. so that everybody has a shadow and he kind of named them after uh, animalistic archetypes. And so he said that humanity had certain types of themes, but in relation to introversion and extroversion, he said that introverts are people who gain energy from being alone. And extroverts gain energy from interacting with others and to be in social environments. So extroverts generally are people who are social. They get energy mm-hmm. from interacting socially. They have ease of social skills. They enjoy hanging around other people. And by this definition, introverts are people who prefer to be alone. They enjoy one-on-one time or smaller, quieter mm-hmm. groups and environments. And they might be a little more overwhelmed by lots of social stimuli. Right. Yeah, so those extroverts, like like Sunny said, are drawing the energy from being around people. They like being out and about. They like attending social events and engaging with others. They might be called a people person. Yeah. And those introverts are drawing their energy from that quiet reflection time. They're happy spending that time alone, and they only need a couple fe- people to feel really close to, and they really need to recharge after social settings. Yeah. And it seems like in our society today, there's this kind of pressure on, well, you should be one or the other, and mm-hmm. and one is better than the other, but neither is really correlated with anything that much better or worse than no. the other. It's just kind of a way of being that it's the deck that you got set up with. Right. And a lot of people do think like introverts are shy, but that's not necessarily true. I mean, they do mm-hmm. like social time. They just might feel drained after engaging in a lot of social activities. Right. And it's not that introverts don't have social skills. Right. They probably do have social skills. It's just that they prefer not to be using them at all times. Right. So the the it's a myth that introverts are socially awkward. They're right. Not necessarily. So in the 70s, we're just kind of moving on to the history of introversion and extroversion. Hans and Sybil Isink, which were a couple of psychologists in the 70s, proposed that extroversion was a personality trait, which had a physiological underpinning. So 
you're born with this and it has a biological basis is what Mm -hmm. they were saying. They said that introverts are more easily aroused, so like stimulated and engaged and overwhelmed, and they need less stimulation to feel socially supported, and introverts need more stimulation and more, they have a a less sensitive arousal system. Introverts, or do you mean extroverts need, have a less sensitive? Introverts have a more sensitive arousal system, and extroverts have a less sensitive arousal system. So it just means that introverts are, yeah, more easily stimulated. And so they need less of it. Yeah, (laughs) so they need less of the stimulation, whereas they, yeah, yeah, so in the 60s, they did a study that talked about the differences in introversion and extroversion, and they talked about how introverts make classical conditioning associations a bit quicker. Hmm. So they had a classic experiment, which <laughs> they had a tone of sound, and they would sit a person in front of an air puffer and puff air into their oh. eyeball. And then no. so, <laughs> no, it's terrible. <laughs> so you'd hear this tone, you'd get air puffed into your eyeball, and you would know that the puff would cause you to blink. The tone then became associated with the puff of air. So people would blink when they heard the tone, even if the puff of air was not present. Hmm. People with low extroversion, so people who are introverted, were quicker to form the association. So they're basically just more sensitive to the classical conditioning and more sensitive to their surroundings, their environments, which is fine. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Fine. It's just, it's a maybe a physiological or biological difference. And it was possibly because they're more aroused by the stimulus in the first place or their Mm -hmm. learning is quicker. But extroversion or introversion moderates the ease of the classical conditioning. The last theory or the more recent theory in that kind of age was by a therapist, I want to say a scientist named Gray, Mm -hmm. and this was the reinforcement sensitivity theory. Basically, extroverts are more sensitive to rewards and introverts are more sensitive to punishments and that these have a biological basis too. So a lot of these Interesting. Folks were very into kind of the sciencey end and trying mm-hmm. to figure out the medical side of introversion and extroversion sides of of why people kind of naturally gravitate behave the more. way that they do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And young, how did you? Pre- I always used to say young, but I know now I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Oh, I, I, th- I think that's probably right. I, I took German, and they said Jung. Jung. I, don't, I mean, it probably is Jung. It's it's spelled yeah. with J U N G. Yeah, so I think he's German. I think he's German. Yeah, and we always said Jung. Jung. Yeah. Okay. So, but he did. He did admit there being the third category, which we're going to get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, but he expressed that it was difficult to determine whether this group's ex- energy came from within or external, and it appeared to be drawn from both to varying degrees. And he also acknowledged that this was a spectrum. Like even at that point, he already acknowledged this is not black and white. This is a spectrum, which means that nobody's totally an introvert and nobody's totally an extrovert. Right. That it would be an extreme to be totally right. extroverted and <laughs> totally introverted. Right. Pretty much everything. In- everything is on a spectrum, guys. Yeah. Everything. Nothing in- is black and white. No. Not not in therapy, in science, mm-hmm. in medicine. There is no. It, I think the media gets a hold of things and then kind of and polarizes. And they, they polarize everything. Mm. Bastards. Yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> well, introverts are better than extroverts or extrovert. You have to pick one and you're extroverted yeah. or you're introverted. And Are you social or are you awkward? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why not both? I'm definitely yeah. both social Same. and awkward, baby. <laughs> Get a t-shirt made. Yeah. So, but it is helpful to, to understand our personalities and our tendencies. And that's how we help. That's how we grow. That's how we expand. So 
it is helpful to know where you're kind of at on this spectrum. Like it's helpful to mm-hmm. to kind of look at this line of things and try to figure out, okay, where where am I? Am I leaning on one way or am I leaning the other way and how far? Yeah, know thyself. And knowing thyself allows you to have power over your responses yes. and to have some sort of control over what you want to be doing. Exactly. Because we can are. still, even though there is a lot of biological components, which we were actually both kind of surprised about. Yes. We can change this. We can change the way we function and adapt. Mm -hmm. So just because you are one way, don't, this is not a hard, fast rule. (laughs) That's absolutely it. So introversion and extroversion are terms that are thrown out there a lot in pop psychology. But we're, today we're just talking about what's true and what's based in the science. So we've kind of answered the question a little bit already, but are introversion and extroversion real things or are they just pop psychology terms? And then what parts of this theory are supported by the science and what are not? Yeah, and it was surprising. I honestly kind of I didn't realize how much the science did support this until I until we investigated. <laughs> yes. Neuroimaging technologies and quantitative studies have supported and suggested that our the brains of extroverts and introverts really are different. Research done in 1997 investigated how uh, the neural differences in introverts and extroverts spectrum by looking at like the regional areas, uh, the cerebral blood flow, like Mm -hmm. where the blood was flowing, and the difference in the activity of the dopamine reward system in that nervous system. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically, the neurological research or the neuropsych research supports the idea that introversion and extroversion are in some ways different. It's more complicated than just it's not I think people think of brain research we could probably do a whole topic on this as like you have a part of your brain that governs introversion and extroversion and some people have a bigger and smaller part of their brain right that's not it at all it's very much more about blood flow to certain areas of the brain Mm -hmm. the connection between certain areas of the brain whether those connections are strong or weak Mm -hmm. how much mm, glucose is being absorbed how much energy is being absorbed by that part of the brain and what types of chemicals are being released so it's way more systemic that there's a systems response so it's a lot like you think of metabolism Mm. or hormones yeah and it's less like you think of this valve in your heart it's (laughs) more just it's more this global system and so yes some people have a likelihood to respond more strongly to rewards and demonstrate what's called approach behavior. So people who respond really strongly to rewards, like Michaela was saying, are people who would release something like a lot of dopamine mm-hmm. when they're given something cool like candy or money or whatever. Right, right. And those people tend to be more social. They are re- response, reward, approach. Right. And some people have a tendency to be governed more by punishment and demonstrate punishment avoidance. And those people really respond. They release more brain chemicals. They show more neural activity and they will respond in a way that is very aversive to punishment. So they'll Mm -hmm. remove themselves from those situations sooner. And those tend to be introverted people. So it's, again, supporting that more sensitive system theory. Right. For like our extroverted friends, the noise and crowd of a concert are all simply part of the fun. And this intensity and stimulation acts as a cue for them that they are achieving their goal, the reward of socializing, a fun night out. They buzz with that enthusiasm of feel good, while the introverts then feel overstimulated. The introverts actually, what I found, prefer the neurotransmitter 
acetylcholine. Yes. Uh, I can't read these words, guys. Why am I doing a podcast? Vinegar. (laughs) Uh, And so like dopamine, acetylcholine. 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 Frick. You're going to get, it's going to be awesome when you get it. It's going to be dope. Uh, Is also linked to pleasure. The difference is acetylcholine makes us feel good when we turn inward. It powers our ability to think deeply, reflect, and focus intensely on just one thing for a long period of time. And it also helps explain why introverts do like those calm environments. It's easier for them to turn inward when they're not attending to that external stimulation. Yeah. And again, I'm oversimplifying because every brain chemical, dopamine, serotonin. Yeah, you're going to use both of them. You're going to use. Yes. It's going to be a bunch. But generally, acetylcholine is more associated with things like concentration yeah they're associated with the the rest and digest that throttle down whereas sometimes that dopamine can be associated more with the fight or flight like get you done you know Mm -hmm. yeah or gambling yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, both (laughs) and so yes it's definitely just a, a different sort of responsiveness in people who are extroverted versus introverted this means that Again, the reward system sensitivity may actually govern approach and avoidance behaviors in all situations, not just introversion and extroversion, though. So you might see, you might notice that an introvert hmm, would try to kind of turn inward and be a little more avoidant of social situations, but you might also see that they're more sensitive to other punishments in other areas. Mm. So... I don't know, like if they were at work, let's say, and they got a chastising email, they might go into a portal of shame and doom for weeks and really remove themselves and not talk a lot and also maybe perform more poorly Mm -hmm. because their system is really highly sensitive. Whereas an extrovert, that reward punishment system, their punishment is just like, "Mm, I don't, okay, I mean. I would, that or they are going to go tell somebody and they're going to be like, what the hell? Like, they're going to like make it a thing. Exactly. And, and that's Make it a social thing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that to them is not as punishing. No. And so it it doesn't just apply only to introversion and extroversion. It applies to other behavioral patterns, just a general sensitivity of your system, which Mm -hmm. is kind of cool because, I mean, you could think of, okay. I'm more introverted, and so I'm just a little more sensitive to my surroundings, and so I can cater to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little more extroverted, so I'm kind of a little more of a tank, and I can cater to that. Right. Which is cool information to know. Definitely. So actually, I have a, I have a question for you. Would you say, and this could be leading into our next topic about ambiverts, yeah, yeah. but would you say you're more punishment- averse you want to avoid punishments or your more reward approach see i would think that i was more reward approach but all yeah. of my little testy tests as of recent say that i'm more like introverted interesting so i mean Maybe I, you're- I, i'm more i'm i know that with all my little testy tests that i'm somewhere in the middle i'm very close to the middle mm-hmm. but for a while i was more on the extroverted side and now i'm more on the introverted side very interesting so what we're saying is that this can kind of for people who are more in the middle, it can flex a lot. Yes. And there, there's a, a name for that. This concept, this third concept is called amnivert. A- abnivert. A- fuck. <laughs> God, what is my matter? Oh, my lanta. Okay. A- f- you s- please say Save me. <laughs> <laughs> save me from myself. Oh, my gosh. 
I I wanted this out, but I know it's probably going to need to stay in. Oh, Jesus. I just wanted to keep going, and I'm going to reference it later in the episode, so you can't take it out. Ambervert, I think. Ambervert. See, I think I've always said omnivert for some reason. Like a omnivore. I, maybe. Yeah. Like So I've like in my head I've pronounced it wrong for years. So now like af- I, now that I know how it's said, I can't say it right. Yes. I have that with so many freaking words, I tell you. I heard I heard it's a it's a sign that somebody is smart if they pronounce a word wrong because they have read it first. <laughs> right? They, well, they, and they... my poor ass can't read. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So oh, it's like crap. ambidextrous but ambivert. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Ambidextrous, yeah. ambivert. Okay, that might be a way to remember it. Yeah. I can see where you're going with it though. Omnivore eats all different kinds yes. of foods. Yes. Like so I, so I read yeah. it that way. I totally Totally picking oh up what goodness. you're putting down. Anyway, ambivert. There's a third category called ambivert. So what is it? What is an ambivert? So it's that middle part of the spectrum. An ambivert is someone who exhibits qualities of both introversion and extroversion, and they can kind of flip depending on their mood, the context, and their goals. Yeah. The flippity flop. Yeah. So they can be outgoing in the right context and enjoy spending time with others, but they also need that alone time. So they gain their energy from both. But it really is dependent. Uh, it can have its disadvantages because sometimes you don't really know which which one you need, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it can be a, uh, make you feel a little indecisive about what you want to be doing, right. what your objectives are. Right. But certainly, so it's just the tendency to display some introversion and extroversion in equal degrees. You're not super, you're not a whole lot more sensitive to reward or punishment. Mm-hmm. It's that you kind of flex with both. And this is actually the majority of the population. Really? Because what I found was that it was actually relatively rare and that only 20% were actually that because there's always a soft lean into one or the other. Oh, I could see the soft lean. I think it, yeah. I think it would depend how you're qualified. How you're, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how yeah. you're qualified. Like, how big is your middle section? Yes. Are you giving it a line? Then yes. very rare. Are yes. you giving it a section? Then a few more people can fall into it. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was something what I read was basically that their introversion and extroversion, at least in psychological sciences, are considered m- more extremes. And then people who fall in that middle, I don't know, the largest quantity of people who are on the bell curve were in ambivert. But I don't know if that, of course, you would lean one way or the other. Right. If you're exactly. straight down the line. Exactly. That would be weird. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of, <laughs> that would be so weird. That would you, be really weird if we all fell right on the line. Yeah, yeah. That would be so weird if you just. Yeah. So that's why mine was like, not very many people are right on that line. Yeah. That, that makes total sense. <laughs> but, but you're right. Nobody is that. Not very many people are that extreme either yes. on one way or the other. Yes. Yeah, so you're right. going to have qualities of both. Some of us are, are highly introverted leaning, but we can display extroverted qualities when right. necessary. So. Keep in mind, it's more more flexy as in most of the sciences. It's more flexible than you would think. Right. And as even I've said, I I changed. Yeah. I expanded and changed. And I think it depended on my environment. It depended on what I was doing and busy with. And we we can change if we don't if we don't like how we're functioning in this current current situation. state or yeah. whatever, we can change it to what we need to be functioning in and, and try to make that more habitual. Change so those chemicals in your head. Retrange yeah. the wiring. Yeah, yeah. The behavior changes that you make intentionally can rewire your brain a bit. Yeah. So what do you feel like makes you more extroverted for you personally? And what do you feel like makes you more introverted? Are there types of things that go on in your environment or types of changes that occur? I think it was more so just the consumption of jelly beans. 
yeah. I have more consumption of jelly beans now, so I need more alone time. Whereas before, I had a little bit more freedom about who I was giving jelly beans to and how frequently and when. Yeah. So again, jelly beans from our earlier episode is just like energy, little energy nuggets. Yeah. And so you have when you have more energy nuggets available to you, you're more extroverted. Right. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. I could completely see that because I can see myself. I age more into introversion. Mm -hmm. So as I get older, I have more introverted tendencies. But I probably when I, I mean, my friends would have described me as a card carrying extrovert when I was you know, in my early <laughs> yeah, 20s. Yeah. So I don't know. I think a lot of it just has to do with how much boundary pushing is going on and how much Fair. energy reserve I'm yes. spending on yes. other people. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's similar. a big factor. So when you do explore this on yourself, also explore what, what your energy is being consumed by, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. maybe if you if you are feeling like you're leaning more one way or the other than you want to be, it might just be that that you're giving too many jelly beans to other things and we need to set some more boundaries. Mm-hmm. Easier Absolutely. said than done sometimes, but. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. Yeah. <laughs> so this leaves the question, is introversion or extroversion a stable personality characteristic or is it something that can be modified? So if it can be changed, why would you want to change it? And what do we actually see in our own offices as practicing clinicians that would be relevant to the idea of extroversion and introversion? So here's all the theory. Well, what does that look like in practice? So we can start with, is introversion or extroversion a stable personality characteristic? I think just like everything, it's a little bit nature versus nurture. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a, I called a friend of mine who is more up to date on the personality research than I am. And she said personality is about comprised of about 50% environment and 50% mm. genetics, as, <laughs> as is most things. So, yes, it's something that you have a stack deck to be born with, yep. but you can – it's not – so I am born with a certain color eyes. I can't really modify that. That's right. a stable trait. This is something that's a trait that's modifiable that you can change a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can change to your tendencies to some degree that are more helpful to you so you can be what you need to be. For so, your values. Yeah, for your values. So like an introvert might need to leave their home and engage in more friends and, and mm-hmm. you know do some more activities. And an extrovert might need to create more time for self-reflection and value identification so they can have make sure that they're doing what's best for them and not just what they deem as socially appropriate. appropriate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So- Let's say I was an extrovert who had a value of creativity. Mm. Well, then I might need to, in order to follow that value, take a little more alone time and really tap into myself to enter that creative nature or that creative force. And so I can make that choice. Yes, my deck is stacked in a more extroverted way, but I can consciously decide to follow my values through making a behavior change of creating more alone time and being with myself a bit more. Right. Let's say I'm an introvert and I have a huge value of mental health. Well, a critical component of mental health is social support. Yeah. And so I might have to override my natural instinct a little bit, do the painful thing, make, make the some friends. friends. Yeah. Plug for our friendship making episode right here. <laughs> Go on back if you need that one. Y'all introverts listen to podcasts right now. I yeah, know who yeah. you are. <laughs> Call out. <laughs> so think about that if that's your value, if mental wellness is your value, you can choose to override the basic nature for a time. It doesn't, you might still 
move back to that basic nature in times of stress or right. just at baseline, but in order to help yourself. Yeah. And again, the more consistent you are with that behavior change, the more you are creating those neural pathways and making that a more super highway for your nervous system and, and getting that response that you want. So it does become a thing for you and it becomes what you want it to be. Yeah. Neurons that fire together, wire together, baby. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I cannot remember what that uh, neuropsych term is called. Maybe long-term potentiation. It basically just means that things that fire at the same time over and over again tend to create pathways in your brain that are more habitual and Mm -hmm. work more quickly. And this is basically why some people develop patterns of behavior. Right. Right. Yep. So how does this present in our office, Sunny? Ah, well, you know, I wouldn't say I use a whole lot in terms of labeling somebody introverted. Same. I wouldn't say to somebody, well, you're an extrovert. So this is, that's not really something therapists do so often. We can, but no. we, we Yeah, I, I only bring it up if they bring it up. Like if they use the term and they say, this is what I think, then I will acknowledge that and we can explore it a little. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes people get really, <laughs> I do notice one time when it comes up in my office is when people get really connected to a label mm. about themselves. And <sighs> sometimes it's a little too connected, guys. Yeah. Normally that ends up limiting you. you. If you put yourself in that label, you're going to limit yourself to that label. I would say seven out of 10 times, about 70% of the time when somebody comes in my office and they're real connected to a label, it isn't really serving them yeah. super well. I think labels can be useful as they, explanatory, yes. validating, yes, and useful. And you can help explore yourself. Yeah. Useful for you to explore, where am I right now? Yes. Information gathering. Yes. But when you use a label and you say, well, this label is completely stable. This is me. And this is who I am forever. And yes. it's not something I can modify. Mm-hmm. That's when we're getting into tr- trouble with labels. Yes. So usually when somebody comes in with this label, I help them explore it a little bit more. Right. Help just, them explore the other side and recognize that it's more of a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they kind of, sometimes people will come into session and demonize the other side. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. There's this whole flavor flavor. It, it's any polarized thing, honestly. Yeah. People, they just like to demonize the other side. It's, it's so weird because I don't see... <laughs> I don't know if it's just my personal practice, but I see a lot of extroverts coming in and just like, la la, I'm an extrovert. But when I see introverts come in, they've got a real chip on their shoulder about being introverted. (laughs) And I would say more for me nowadays, I lean more introverted depending on the day, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's just funny because that doesn't do anything for you, splitting, this this splitting behavior. It's not going to... It's not going to help you. No. Just know what your thing is more so. Know what your value is and how you want to pursue that goal. Right. And communicate if you need to. Like, I mean, I think a lot of those introverts have chips on their shoulders because they didn't set boundaries. They they got pulled around by extrovert friends instead of saying, nah, nah. Yeah, I don't want to do this. Time. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not about the fact that you're introverted. It's about the fact that you're not setting a boundary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to set your boundary and that's okay. Yes. Extroverted that is okay. people, as we saw in the science earlier, are not super sensitive to punishments. Right. right. Yeah. So you can set that boundary and they're going to come back again. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell them no and they'll be like, all right, see you in one minute. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's okay. You can set a boundary. I also think of it more as a clinician in terms of sensitivity styles. Mm. So I don't really think of people so much as introverted versus extroverted. I just think about them as more or less sensitive to, to their, their environment. environments. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I tend to folk I tend to look at it a little more that way as well. Yeah. Instead of labeling it. Yeah. It 
was interesting to see that the science supported that. I know, I know. <laughs> because sometimes once in a while my nutty professorness pays off and I have come up with an accurate theory. <laughs> but I but I typically just see people as okay, you're going to feel that your environment is stressful or threatening if it's overwhelming because you have a more sensitive nervous system. Mm-hmm. And how can we accommodate that to meet your personal goals? Right. Versus this person's a tank. They don't give a shit about anything. How can, how can we, we make them give like pay a little more attention and, and go a little within? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's just about the balance. I noticed that people who are more sensitive to punishment in their environment or to emotional experiences may have more difficulty shaking off negative interactions. Yeah. So I might start them slower mm-hmm. on certain interactions, whereas people who have an easier time shaking off negative events, I might put them on the fast track or even give them extra stimulation. It just depends on the person. Right. I focus on teaching how to identify, regulate, and take actions on emotions rather so much than whether they're introverted or extroverted. Yeah. It's just... It's more about understanding that emotion, tolerating that emotion, mm-hmm. engaging in the activities they desire. Yep. And redirecting, tolerating the emotion, redirecting it towards your goal. I would say that the breakdown, too, of more sensitive people in my office tends to be folks who are self-referred to therapy. Mm, that who, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So the more sensitive folks will come in, they've done their research, they have been self-referred to therapy. <laughs> Some of the less sensitive folks might be court-mandated to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no judgment. Or told by their loved ones that they should attend. You need to go to this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, again, not a judgment. It's no, just no. how people walk in to our offices. I don't know. Do you yeah. see other yeah. different Yeah, so things? with, yeah, I think the same thing with you, like what we were saying. So with the introverts, helping them learn, you know, the emotion awareness and assertiveness sometimes and with those extra, more extroverted, it is helping them learn how to step away from situations, explore their inner world and help them make sure that they are really doing and saying who they want to be. Because again, I think they, the extroverts sometimes get so lost in their external world like if, if you're leaning really far that way, yes. again, this is all spectrum, but if you're leaning really far that way, you get so lost in your external world that you don't really know who you are anymore. Yes. And so there's a real deep retrieval of of like, who are you and who do you want to be? Like yes. you get to make this choice, man. And do you really want to be this bull in a china shop? Yes. Or do you want to pay a little more attention? Yes. <laughs> and, and extrovert wise too, I think I- introverts may have a harder time setting boundaries or yes. saying no. Yeah. Whereas extroverts... It it's a different kind of difficulty with boundary setting. It's almost like getting swept up in the tide. Yeah, and yeah. It's they're so excited about the things, mm-hmm. or they're so they're up, so consumed with the thing. Yeah, it's just like winding up down river and not realizing how fast your, the river goes. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're in, suddenly your canoe's way down this avenue, and right. you didn't realize how far you were getting, right? Because you didn't take a break. Yes, and you didn't check in with yourself. Exactly. So extroversion a lot more about checking in and creating that balance. Introversion a lot more about setting boundaries. But this again, that flexes, and I see, I I tend to see people grow more introverted. Yeah. As time goes on. Yeah. Uh, There is some research to say that our social circles do decrease as we get older. So I there was a hmm, as a social psychology research study, I'm not going to remember it right now. Somebody who is currently in school, please just email me and tell me what this was (laughs) called. But it, it is it talks about our shrinking social circles and that when you're younger, you tend to 
want more stimulation but less quality contact. Mm. And as you get older, you decrease the amount of people in favor of really high quality people. Yeah. So your social network shrinks, but the quality of your social interaction goes up. Right. Which can look a little bit more like an introverted model. Yeah, because generally what the research has said was that the introverts do like those deep conversations. They kind of struggle sometimes with the the small talk or they can do it. They might be skilled at it, but they don't enjoy it. Like that's yeah. not where they want to be. Yeah. And when you get older, you need to talk about some of this deep shit, guys. So, I mean, that could <laughs> <laughs> we're not just running around having fun. We've been thrown some life lessons and we need to explore those. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe that's part of it, too. Yeah. I've just imagining somebody at a party who is introverted trying to come up with small talk <sighs> and just a million dollar kind of I always AB. go for weather it's so terrible <laughs> it's so terrible I mostly just ask open-ended questions which is a problem because they always end up being very long-winded probing oh yeah oh oh you mean you go deep quick yeah i don't even and it's not yeah. even i think it's just a function of what i do all day yeah so i, I mean i do generally too like if it's a friendship yeah. thing like if we're actually like yeah i go deep quick for it sure didn't it's an accident too there are days where i say to myself sonny you're gonna just keep you're gonna be easy breezy kiddo just keep it easy breezy <laughs> just keep it light you're gonna keep it light you're gonna keep it fluffy you're gonna go in there and just ask him oh how how are you and the problem is I actually listen to the response. Right. And, and then you ask further questions. Yes. Yeah. I ask yeah. follow-up questions that are open-ended. And yeah. then I'm reflecting things. And before I know it, we're talking about your childhood trauma. I yes. don't want to be talking about that. Yes. I, I do go deep. Yeah. It's an it, accident. Yes. I do do that accidentally as well. But when I actually am trying to do small talk, I always fucking pull the weather. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like my husband. Like a walk to my office. It's like, oh, how's the weather today? You know, before we actually get in. <laughs> I always make some observation about the person that ends up being some creepy thing that no oh. one else has noticed. I'm like, oh, yeah, I noticed your left knee looks like you're limping a little. How's that going? They're like, well, I just – then they tell me this whole story about their left knee and then no <laughs> one's noticed their left knee. And I think, damn, damn. This was – I was – that's too observational. Easy breezy. <laughs> Pull e back. Easy breezy. I don't know. I'm just, I need to go with weather. Next time, I'm just going to go with weather. I, yes, walking back to the office, I don't want them to start opening their can yet. So I, <laughs> I always like touch the weather and then we can open the can with the deep shit once we get inside. <laughs> so, based on what we're talking about today, what are you thinking for yourself in regards to an outside of podcast experiment? Because I've apparently changed in my spectrum, where I land on the spectrum, I kind of want to take another Myers-Briggs kind of test to see what what I come up with. I, I'll, um, I know that I, I think the official one you have to like pay for, but there are some kind of free-ish versions that you can find and, and do. And I want to kind of see where I land because it's been a while. Is the Myers-Briggs the five-factor personality yes, test? Yes, it is. Yes. So yeah, so you're like introvert or extrovert and then you're like sensing or judging judging yeah there's there's yeah. yeah there's yeah so the myers-briggs is a psych test that you can take sometimes an industrial organizational psychologist will give this to you when you mm -hmm. first start a job and they're trying to get you to build some kind of awareness into what your personality what your skills are and personality is yeah, yeah. it's a personality test yeah it's and they're just trying to give you information about how you're going to respond to environmental stimuli but one of the big five personality factors is extroversion introversion mm -hmm. 
I think I land extroversion on that, which is so weird. Hmm. Well, and when I did it, like the last time I did it, it did give me a percentage on what I was with each. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think I got a 60-40 yeah. split. So that would probably be ambivert technically. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I was like, you know, like... <laughs> It was almost like 50, 50, like it was like, you know, like 49 and 51 kind of situations half the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe my homework will be to dig up my Myers-Briggs result at some point. I got whatever the, oh gosh. I can't even remember what all of them were. They give them cute nicknames and I got the uh, protagonist, the one that looks like Aragorn holding the sword. Ooh. You know? Yeah, yeah. I got the adventurer. Uh, I like that. Which is no surprise to literally anybody at all. I joke that I'm Slytherin, but I'm a true blue Gryffindor, unfortunately. <laughs> and I want everybody to think I'm Slytherin so they don't mess with me. <laughs> I'll bite. I'll- yeah, I will. I'll bite. <laughs> snake. Hiss. Snake. Snake. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm a snake. I'm a Slytherin snake. <laughs> remember that guy? Do you remember that? I'm a snake. I'm a snake. I'm a snake. snake. Yes. Yes, I do remember that guy. <laughs> yes, that and that is me. I am a snake. So don't mess with me. I'm not actually an uh, adventurer or not nice at all so is that what you're gonna do for homework then yeah maybe check into what what it was because i have a photo of it on my phone somewhere but i I have to dig around yeah i'd have to check around and we can come back and just say that what was the result yeah we can tell tell everybody what our personality is apparently great (laughs) oh god (laughs) maybe we'll just say some parts of it yeah yeah (laughs) you got a joke for me sonny yes i do have a joke for you today Michaela. what is the first rule of introverts club <laughs> what? There is no rules because there is no club. Oh, thank God! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, I wanted to say we don't talk about introvert club. <laughs> I wanted to answer it like Fight Club, but I knew we, that was the wrong answer. We don't even meet for introvert club. Right? There is no club. That's not a thing. Yes. Okay. Hit me. Hit me. I'm developing a new fragrance for introverts. Hmm. I'm going to call it. Leave me the f- cologne. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's great, right? That's really great. I think Johnny Depp would represent that cologne. <laughs> He'd definitely be in a commercial with his guy liner. Uh, Dior, leave me the f- cologne. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning into our podcast today. We're so grateful to have you every life minute you spend listening to us in your ear portals. It means a lot to it us. It means a lot, guys. We, yes. we very much appreciate you. Yes. Thank you so much and have an awesome week. Yeah. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.